Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Friday the 6th of December. Coming up, Boris Johnson on campaign trail in Kent. We will be making sure that we invest massively in, in the NHS and uh, I know that Canterbury is a, is a high priority. Little girl gives birthday presents to Food Bank. I just want to make people happy and more Christmas that, that are less fortunate. And Gillingham returned to league action against Sunderland. The way the boys are feeling, the way the, the way we're trained, the way we've been playing, playing lately, we definitely feel strong, we definitely feel confident. Kent Online News. With less than a week to go until we vote in the general election, Boris Johnson has been in the county. The Prime Minister held a rally at the Kent Event Centre in Detling earlier as the Conservatives make their final attempts to win our support. In his speech, he insisted there'll be no checks on goods going between Great Britain and Northern Ireland under his Brexit deal. It's after Jeremy Corbyn accused Boris Johnson this morning of misleading people about his withdrawal agreement. The Labour leader says he's obtained a confidential report which refutes his claim there'll be no border in the Irish Sea. Our political editor Paul Francis had some questions about Kent-related issues for the Prime Minister. Prime Minister, you've spoken a lot about your plans to invest in new hospitals. Will Kent and Canterbury get a new hospital under your plan? Uh, well, we will be making sure that we invest massively in uh, in, in the NHS and uh, I know that uh, Canterbury is a, is a, is a high priority um, uh, and the only thing I can I can say is that uh, it's only under us Conservatives that you're going to get sustained investment in the NHS. We're putting 50,000 more nurses in and I know people say well it's not 50,000 more. Actually it is because you'd have uh, 19,000 who, who, who didn't stay on and we're going to recruit 31,000 more. Uh, we can have 50 million new GP um, appointments, uh, surgery appointments over the over the next parliament, 6,000 more GPs and there's a big program of, of hospital uh, building and, and, and rebuilding and uh, it's certainly our intention that uh, Kent and Canterbury in particular should should benefit from from that program. I can't say in particular what uh, what you know there is yet coming down the track for for Canterbury and I don't want to make uh, a, you know extemporize a, a promise now but I will certainly take it up with Matt Hancock. And a lot of your Conservative supporters like the idea of grammar schools. Why don't you lift the ban on grammar schools? Well, I think that what we want is is high standards, and uh, it's in, it's very notable that since the Conservative uh, reforms came in, uh, look at what's happened just in the PISA rankings yesterday when it was announced that uh, kids in this country, uh, uh, certainly in England, are doing much much better in maths and in the STEM subjects. And there was, a, I'm afraid, a sharp distinction with uh, the performance of of, of of some schools in Scotland, or most schools in Scotland, and I think the SNP would do better to stop focusing on breaking up the union and more on, on education, and we're seeing some success in the, well, with the reforms that we've put in. For moving to a non-selective system, doesn't it, if that's the case? Well, uh, I think there's a, there, there, are, there are different you know, different formulas that work well for, for different schools. And what we're seeing is a genuine, a, a general improvement in standards because of the measures that we've brought in. I think it would be tragic, by the way, uh, to get rid of Ofsted, which is what Labour is proposing to do, uh, which, you know, and, and I understand that Ofsted inspections do cause uh, schools to, to, to have to get ready and, 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 and teachers do worry about them. But, you know, in the end, uh, they do help to drive up standards and they, and they do give 
parents a reassurance that uh, the school in question is really working hard to deliver the best for their kids and also to protect kids from uh, protect pupils from bullying and uh, in in the classroom uh, and aggression in the classroom and that is vital I think Ofsted is crucial in that respect. It would be, be a real disaster to get rid of Ofsted in the way that Labour is proposing. Can I ask you about your plans to mitigate against the impact of uh, leaving without a possible deal in terms of the uh, arrangements made for using the M20 for uh, yeah. Yeah. I understand. handling lorries? A lot of people in Kent think there's a, <coughs> only see a downside from from this and don't see much of an upside. No, well, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a massive upside. And, and, and don't forget, we already have a deal. It's there, it's ready to go, and uh, businesses in Kent uh, and everywhere around the UK, uh, when they look at our deal, understand that its benefits, it, it allows us to come out, we can take back control of our immigration system, uh, of our laws, our money, our, uh, we, uh, uh, we can do things like uh, changing laws on animal welfare or cutting VAT on temple just as mi- you know micro examples of a huge range of things you can start to do differently but y- you begin uh, with uh, everybody in a state of perfect balance and biz- so we have a, a deal that totally solves that problem and we come out in a state of perfect alignment, zero tariff, zero quota and it's very much in the interests of our friends and partners in the EU who have big uh, trade surplus with us certainly in goods uh, to, to keep it that way and that's what we're going to do. Are you confident of recapturing Canterbury? Well we're fighting hard for every vote and in, in, in every seat and we're, we're, we're going to do our absolute best. The Prime Minister and Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn will be filming their final head-to-head TV debates of the campaign in Maidstone this evening. Kent Online reports. Three men, including one from Sevenoaks who brought teenagers into the UK on an inflatable boat, have been jailed. Police stopped a vehicle on the M20 after four Vietnamese nationals were brought to Folkestone in November 2017. One of them told officers he was trafficked against his will to France. The 31 and 2 Two 38-year-olds have been convicted of conspiracy to facilitate unlawful entry and locked up for a total of more than 22 years. Two men have appeared in court after police seized a gun and live bullets in Medway. An armed National Crime Agency unit and helicopter were involved in an operation in Rochester in the early hours of Monday. Five men were arrested after officers searched a vehicle and property on Corporation Street. Two of them have now been charged with firearm offences and are due at Crown Court in the new year. The rest have been released under investigation. Nationwide strike action in France has been causing more disruption to ferries at Dover. Tear gas was fired at protesters in Nantes in the west of the country yesterday as thousands of workers walked out over proposed changes to the pension system. The bad weather's also been causing cross-channel delays today. Eurostar are running a reduced timetable through Kent until next Tuesday. A man's admitted attacking the former manager of a hotel he was burgling in Folkestone. Roy Scott, who hasn't got a permanent address, targeted the Grand on the Lees in January last year and left the victim with facial bruising. The 37-year-old was arrested after a CCTV appeal and will be sentenced in the new year. Kent Online News. Two men have been charged after police uncovered a cannabis factory in Dover. Officers raided a property on Salisbury Road in the early hours of yesterday and found 250 plants. A 20- and 23-year-old are accused of 
producing the drug. It's understood a bus firm has cut its service to a Sittingbourne housing estate after a driver was punched in the face. A councillor says buses won't be using the route that links the Great East Hall estate to Oak Road. It's thought children going to the nearby Westland School will be affected. A 91-year-old man and 83-year-old woman are among three climate change protesters found guilty of public disorder following a demonstration in Dover. Members of Extinction Rebellion tried to block part of the eastern docks in December. A 61-year-old man has also been convicted. He's been fined £500 and they've all been ordered to pay court costs and evict him surcharge. Now, a group of run-down buildings in Ashford opened this weekend after the completion of a major project to give them a new lease of life. The coachworks near the train station have been turned into a food, leisure and business hub following an £850,000 makeover. Nicola's been speaking to Carl Turner, the man behind the transformation. What we're doing is repurposing a collection of buildings uh, really close to the station, um, some Victorian buildings uh, that were built, um, I guess, at the time of... Uh, when the big engineering works uh, around the railway lines were in, were in Ashford. Um, so there's some Victorian buildings and some uh, a building from the 1960s, which uh, was an engine shed uh, or an engineering shed. And then it, it had the uh, Ashford Youth Theatre in it a few years ago. And then the whole complex has been empty for a few years. So it, the buildings are owned by the council and they were in quite poor condition. So we won um, a competition about a year and a half ago as designers to um, imagine a new future for these buildings based around, uh, I guess, uh, what we call startup spaces or incubator spaces, so sort of small creative business space and also kind of food, drink events. Um, so, so that's kind of how the project came into, into being. And they really have had a fantastic transformation. How important was it for you to bring these buildings back to life? Because obviously they've they've got quite a history and they, they're now going to have a really good future, aren't they? That's right, yeah. I mean, I think I think it's kind of um, that, that far too many uh, buildings are demolished, I think, or and have been demolished. And um, not just in Ashford, but, you know, in the UK, the sense that you it's easier and better to build a new building. But actually, I think uh, thinking about the environment and how we can be a bit more thoughtful about not not just kind of um, using less materials, but actually preserving that sense of the link to the past, the history of a place. And even though the uses might change, you know, we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, moving from a kind of heavy industry to a new kind of cultural industry, not just in Ashford, in Britain. You know, there's, there's a big shift away from you know big engineering and making things to digital uh, services and um uh, design and and media and those kind of things so it's still an industry it's just a different type of industry so i think for many reasons it was really important to try and um preserve these buildings and i think also you know you come you you come out of the station and it was almost the first thing you saw with these kind of really run down buildings and it, it created almost a sort of missing a missing link between the station and the town centre, and you know, I think I think uh, Ashford does have a, a, a really a good sort of Victorian uh, core to the town. It's got a good DNA. It's got a really nice town centre, and I think maybe most people that don't know Ashford are really unaware of that it has that kind of historic nature. You know, based around a, a kind of market town and a big agricultural centre, and then the railway heritage. So, yeah, we were really really keen, and that's where the name. Coachworks came from because one of the buildings most 
uh, I, I guess, uh, before it was youth theatre, it was actually a, a, a coach work. So they're uh, a, a company that repaired historic coaches. Um, so yeah, our whole kind of branding is based around a coach wheel and coach work. So it's kind of trying to make that link with the past, um, but also looking to the future and, as you say, how the buildings might work in the future. Did it create any challenges, though? Because I, I'm presuming from a building point of view, it might be a bit easier just to knock things down and, and build something afresh. But did you face any particular challenges during this project keeping those old buildings? Yeah, I mean, budget's been a challenge. Um, the the You know, I guess we, we've taken a view. We haven't we haven't tried to they're not listed buildings, so we haven't tried to uh, do a kind of historically accurate restoration. We've created something that's quite industrial and and forward thinking internally but try to keep the the flavor of the buildings externally the biggest challenge was probably that the buildings were covered in asbestos so before we could even really start the construction work we had to spend a significant amount of money to actually remove all of the asbestos from all of the buildings which is one of the things that have made them really not safe for years um and a particularly what we're calling the hot house, which is the 1960s steel frame building, we we replaced that um, asbestos with a, a sort of translucent corrugated cladding. And the idea there is that when it's lit at night internally, it really does create a beacon. So, um, you know, we're trying to draw people into the site and also, you know, get the sense that somebody's at home when you come out of the station at um, kind of eight o'clock on a cold winter night. Things will be happening in the hot house. The light will be, you know, be on. It'll be lit. So trying to get a sense that, you know, I guess that the we're also trying to extend the um, the uh, life of Ashford into the evening and uh, truly, you know, along with many other things that are happening, Ashford contribute to that nighttime economy. Absolutely. And can you tell us what's happening this weekend? Because it's all it's all opening up, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. So we we have it. We're kind of just, we've almost just finished the project. Um, so, yeah, it's a, really a soft launch for us, but we're hosting um, a big Christmas uh, uh, food and craft market, which has been um, put on by one of our first uh, members who joined uh, the Kent Food Hub. So they're organising uh, Christmas markets. I think that's on from about three today into the early evening, and then it's on again tomorrow, uh, same times. And then... Tonight and uh, or late afternoon today and tomorrow, there's a, a huge um, Illuminates event which has been organised by the council, which is a a big digital project projection onto International House, a next door building, telling the history of Ashford. So they've closed the car park opposite, and we're sort of we're playing host to that to that event. So um, so yeah, we're we're kind of uh, hoping it's going to really be a chance for people from Ashford to uh, come and explore the buildings and see what we've been doing and, uh, you know, uh, realise that the, we're, we're kind of open for, for business as of today. So, uh, yeah, we'll be welcoming, hopefully, lots of people uh, serving some uh, uh, hot mulled wine and other things to hopefully stave off the cold. Um, a fantastic day for you, and as you say, it's, it's part of a kind of a big regeneration or de- or development generally around Ashford. Mm. There's a lot going on in the town at the moment, isn't there? Yes, there is. Yeah, and I think with uh, things like the new cinema complex opening, um, Curious Brewery, um, uh, McMaid's are opening in Elwick Place, and there's lots of lots of other things happening as well. So there's a 
definitely a sense along with the new housing that's been delivered and uh i think yeah is it new town works uh one of the developments hopefully coming forward a big uh, uh new workspaces so yeah it was one of the things that made us uh have have some confidence that the project will be successful because you know it's part of a, a bigger picture of change in ashford and you know i, I think uh, one of our remits is really to create something to hold people in ashford so rather than young people jumping on the train and going for their entertainment into uh, London, you know, it's to try and actually give some alternatives here. And, you know, along with Revelation, which is just a re- just along the road. So we're already talking to all of these businesses. And, you know, this is a partnership with the council. They own the buildings. We're going to kind of manage it for them. We'll be working with all those other local partners so that this coach works becomes a, a different type of place where if you have an idea, you can you can just approaches and then we'll we'll look at how we can put that event on jointly so it's we're really trying to make a new it's not a community center but it's a new center for the community in ashford or for the many communities that are in ashford so yeah a a different type of project that probably people in ashford will maybe not have seen anything like this before so it might take a while for it to bed in and for us to all figure out what what's going to work in ashford but yeah we're Really excited. It's a big weekend for us. The site's open this afternoon to coincide with the Illuminites event taking place in the town. Kent Online reports. The man behind the Angel of the North has joined the fight to save Chatham Docks from closure. Sir Anthony Gormley has several artworks in the county, including the Man in the Sea near the Turner Contemporary in Margate and the boulders outside the Kent History and Library Centre in Maidstone. He recently worked with a company based at the docks and says we should be proud to protect these specialist skills and jobs in Chatham. An old grammar school building in Kent is going to be demolished as part of a major redevelopment programme. The Dover Boys School has been there since the early 1930s, but it's now going to be replaced by a modern six-storey new build on Astor Road's playing field. Some former pupils are upset by the decision, but the head teacher says the current building is not fit for purpose. A Christmas tree dedicated to a little boy who drowned after falling into a river near Sandwich is due to go on display. Six-year-old Lucas Dobson died after slipping into the River Stour in the summer. Children at Warden House Primary have remembered the fellow pupil with a sunshine and smiles-themed tree, which is being unveiled at a festival in Deal. A little girl from Sittingbourne has been thanked for her generosity after donating dozens of birthday presents to a food bank so they can go to children less fortunate. Neve Donegan visited the Swale Food Bank with her school and handed over about 30 gifts. Bosses say it means every child from the families they support will now be able to have a present this year. Jo's been chatting to Neve and her mum Jo. Neve, you're amazing. Santa's little helper. Tell us, about, tell us about some of the presents, some of your birthday presents that you gave to the food bank. I gave lots of them away and um, I really think that's a really nice um, idea to give um, all my presents away. It's an incredible idea. Mum, what did you think about it? I'm um, so, so proud of her. Absolutely so proud. She's, she's a, a, a lovely, selfless uh, little girl with a heart of gold. She really is. She's always thinking and caring about other people. Um, yeah. So, tell us, Nee. Tell us what some of the presents were. Can you tell us what some of them were? Um, there, I, there were some Hatchimals. Um, some puzzles. Puzzles. Some Barbie dolls. 
Um, yeah, you had some books. So many, you can't yeah, remember them all. Absolutely, yeah. We had, we yeah. had um, over 30 gifts. So, yeah, everyone um, who was invited to a party was so generous, oh, really brilliant. generous. Well, tell us about the moment you gave them over to the food bank. What was their reaction? Neve, can you tell us what they were, what they did when you gave them over? They were really happy. Mummy, so I went with my with three classmates on, on a school trip to food bank and then I met this lady called Esther and she gave me my certificate for donating all my presents. You deserve much more than a certificate, Neve. You've <laughs> definitely got our appreciation. <laughs> Mum, Joe, this is a brilliant idea as well and I think it's one of those things that you just can't be even, even more proud than you already are. Yeah, last year she donated her hair to the Princess Trust um, uh, to make wigs. Um, she gave away some of her birthday presents last year as well um, to, to charity uh, for people more in need. Um, and this year, sort of, we, we sort of come up with the idea and, and we wanted to do the same. And we were just overwhelmed by the amount of people that sort of donated mm. as well. So, yeah, for us to, to make a little boy or girl's uh, Christmas... Um, more happier. Yeah, then that's, yeah. then that's good for us. Yeah, would you agree with that, Neve? What's, ne what's next for you? What would you like to do next? I just would like to give more presents away. Well, all your Christmas presents as well. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, know, not that, what, I think you've done enough giving. So have you got have you got any plans of what's next? Oh, um I don't know. I, I really don't know. Uh, for us, you know, if we can help out someone else who's who's sort of more more in need then then we will do one hundred percent. No, that's we, fantastic. We, just, so we just want I just want to make people happy and more Christmas that, that are less fortunate. Kent Online News. Police are offering a special reward to the owner of a load of cannabis that was found in Ashford. The drugs were discovered hidden in bags yesterday and officers joked on Twitter that whoever it belongs to will be given overnight accommodation, free food and a commemorative photo. A pop-up shop's opened where people can share their memories of Maidstone. The museum wants to create a recent social history account of the area and are calling on anyone who lives, works or visits the town to get involved. If you take part, you'll be entered in a prize draw with the chance to win tickets to the Hazlitt Theatre pantomime. Dozens of six almost from a school in Maidstone are going to be planting 11,000 bulbs in the town's biggest park, so it looks beautiful next spring. Students from Invicta Grammar will be filling areas of Moat Park with daffodils and bluebells. It's part of a project which sees the teenagers volunteering in the community. And Ellie Goldings released a new music video which was filmed right here in Kent. River comes with an environmental message with scenes of people collecting litter from the beach at Dungeness and making the rubbish into a Christmas tree. You can watch it at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham take on Sunderland this weekend for the third time since early November. After beating them in the FA Cup following a replay, they now face each other in the league at Priestfield. The visitors are four places above the Jills in the table. Ish has been at the press conference with boss Steve Evans. Is that performance against Doncaster now the model performance that you're telling players this is what I want from you guys every year. Certain aspects of it yes I think her intensity uh, how hard we pressed how high we pressed um, how we kept the ball in good areas and in, in good times of games would be yes but there's, there's still many things that we're, that we're still working on the training ground and if we can bring them to the fore then we'll improve. Obviously there's a lot of excitement around the club you know drawing with West Ham but going into this tricky period over the Christmas period in December 
How important is it going to be to keep the players focused, not looking that far ahead? Obviously, that they, that comes in the new year, but you've got a lot of league games now that you've you've got to pick up the points if you want to climb the table. Yeah, well, it's, well, it's performances that pick the team for West Ham, so you have to perform before that to be. So, but I, I, I did say to a friend of mine earlier in the week, I struggled to think that we're playing League One football when you consider in the next few weeks we are playing the likes of Sunderland, we're playing Ipswich Town, we're playing Portsmouth, and we're playing West Ham. Doesn't it sound like League One to me? Do you consider yourself as favourites going into this game against Sunderland? No, I think Sunderland are favourites. I think you know when you're when you're operating with the resources that they are, they all have a, a squad. I don't even think they're coming a team coach. I think they flew down last time. So when they got on that plane to come down from the from the northeast, they are full of very very talented footballers. And uh, listen, Sunderland will be in the top six at the end of the season. That's for sure. And that's how tough our test will be. Not every team will be in the top six, but they'll be in it. Are you glad to be playing them again so soon? No, and I don't think Phil Parkinson will be either. I think ideally it's <coughs> so tough when you're having to come up against these type of um, teams so quickly. You know what each other's strengths are about and their weaknesses, etc. Um, but who could ever qualm about playing against Sunderland Football Club? It's happening when my family come around, they always ask who we've got at the weekend coming. They're not football-minded. When I say Sunderland, they go, wow. And of course, back-to-back home games, um, that momentum is going to be key, isn't it, continuing that? Yeah, I think so. We had a, we had a real tough spell. I think we had, at one point with six and eight games away from pre-sealed. That also makes it tough. Um, we're fortunate with the cup draw that we obviously could get Sunderland back and then we've got Donny at home. So that's arguably two games that might not have been at home that we've been able to get good results in. And you would always rather win at home than anywhere. You know, I had the opposite of Peter, but we kept winning away and couldn't quite get it right at home. You need to win at home. Your home is where your bread and butter is. It's where your 90% of your fun, 95% of your fans come and watch you and judge you and think how good or how bad you are. But I think the supporters can see where we're going, just how long the journey takes to get there. Striker Mikhail Mandron has also been giving Ish his thoughts ahead of tomorrow's game. Do you consider yourself favourites getting into the game now? <laughs> I would say so. I would say the, 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 the feeling that's throughout the team, the way the boys are feeling, the way, the, the way we're trained, the way we've been playing, playing lately, we definitely feel strong, we definitely feel confident. Yeah. And you talk about the consistency in, in throughout the game against Doncaster. Mm-hmm. How, is impor- how important is it going for this tricky period over Christmas that you maintain the consistency throughout each game? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, every, you, every positive you can take, you, you will definitely take it. Hopefully, you can take it. Um, sorry, you can take it. Uh, for, take it for the next game. Sorry, and obviously, as you said, we've got we've got a, a very busy period where it's going to be important to to get as many points as we can. It's going to be important to 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 stay consistent, to, to keep putting up uh, good performances. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, and you talked about your partnership with Brandon Hanlon, for example, um, sharing the load again over this tricky mm-hmm. period. How, how important is that going to be? Not only necessarily the two of you, but the other strikers involved. Yeah, most definitely. I think this is what, this is the strength of our squad is that every everybody can come in, everybody can play, and uh, and uh, I'm I'm pre- I'm sure we're we're going to need every single player, and, uh, and 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 the boys are ready. Everybody's working hard in training. Everybody is fit. Everybody's everybody's ready to go. Obviously, playing Sunderland again for the third time in you know well, three, three weeks. Three weeks. So, three, three, four I mean, weeks. And obviously, you talk about the psychology. It's in your favour. You feel, but what what do you expect from them? Do you feel that they'll have a different game plan this time? Hard to say. It's hard to say, but I, what I would expect from them is to is to come at come at us hard. You know, obviously, 
uh, as I said, we, 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 drew, we drew them at their place. They came here, they, they weren't able to get the win. So uh, I, I expect them to come, to come back and, and definitely try and get a win, to definitely try and come here and, 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 and turn things around. So it's, got, it's going to be a tough game. And more exciting news for Gillingham. Their third round FA Cup match is going to be live on TV. The Jills will take on West Ham at Priestfield in front of the BT Sport cameras on Sunday, January the 5th. Kickoff will be at 6.16pm, a minute later than usual, as part of a campaign to raise awareness of mental health. That's it from me today, but for more news at any time, you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Podcast. 